Hello there, it's great to have you back again for another episode of OnSite, or a warm welcome if you're joining us for the first time. Today, we're going to focus our attention on hydraulics, specifically the Trias 3 system that's found in the latest Dash 7 generation of Hitachi's Axis excavators. In the first of a two-part special, we're going to speak to product manager Wilbert Blom about why some manufacturers focus on their engines in order to reduce fuel consumption whereas Hitachi has taken a unique approach by developing and fine-tuning its very own hydraulic system, called Trias, to do that and a lot more besides. Here's Wilbert to tell us more. Well, hi there, Wilbert. Welcome back to OnSite. It's great to have you here again. Yeah, thanks to, uh, thanks to be back again, Andy. Yeah, the last time you were a guest on the podcast, we spoke about the new Dash 7, but today we're going to take a deeper dive into the world of hydraulics, specifically the Trias 3 system that's found in this latest generation of Hitachi's Axis excavators. And you're the go-to guy on this topic, apparently. Okay. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) So, Wilbert, can you tell us when the Trias system was introduced and briefly explain the concept behind it? Yeah, Trias, uh, we introduced Trias um, in 2011. Uh, it refers to three-pump system. At that time, we have been using two-pump system, same as, uh, as let's say, most of our competitors at that time. Uh, and with the Zaxxas Test 5 range, we introduced uh, the Trias uh, in its first generation. Yeah, and the, and the concept of, of the uh, Trias system to, to develop that was actually to, to meet, of course, the, the, yeah, the demand to reduce fuel, uh, fuel cost uh, and still have, um, let's say, and still uh, maintain its, uh, the speed of the machine. Uh, so how, how to uh, improve the efficiency is by reducing the hydraulic losses. So that has been the main you know, driver uh, in combination you know, with um, providing our customers, our operators, uh, a smooth machine, which is capable of doing, let's say, multitask uh, you know, at the same time. So what you, what you see sometimes with, with two pumps, if you do boom and arc movement, and if you want to uh, start swing operation, sometimes one or the other um, function stops. So if you, if you, for example, use boom and arm together and you want to start swinging, you know that it requires oil flow, quite a bit of oil flow, actually. Uh, so if you would you know, take the flow that you're providing to, uh, you know, by your two pumps to, to the boom and arm, yeah, there's, you need to sacrifice somewhere. So the, the, the flow is taken from um, boom and arm uh, and that's reducing your speed. So the idea of the third pump is that we, you know, this is kind of focusing not only, but it's it's prioritizing the flow for swing operation. Uh, so if you're using, let's say, the two pumps for boom and arm operation, uh, we can have the third pump uh, using uh, the, yeah, the hydraulic uh, flow. You know, it's, it's kind of engaged when you when required. Um, so that helps to you know provide a very smooth uh, and yet fuel efficient way to. Um, yeah, to make this combined operation. Yeah, good answer. Thanks for that. So, how has it evolved over the years since its inception? Um, yeah, so so that let's say the Trius One uh, series was was in two thousand eleven, uh, and then with the Dash Six generation, let's say basically uh, the current re- generation, we're still partly producing, uh, pr- providing to the market. Uh, two thousand fifteen, we provided Trius Two. Uh, and in this system, we further fine-tuned the, the system by by uh, 
you know, uh, improved uh, control valve spools. And we added um, uh, pump flow limit solenoid valves, to, uh, so to say. So that was reducing, let's say, the hydraulic losses, uh, particularly when um, if, you, if you don't need maximum lever operation. Uh, and by this fine-tuning, we're able to save fuel uh, and saving money. So maybe, you know, how to, how to explain it, you know, I think some of our colleagues as well internally use, I think it's a garden hose to explain easily how, how, how the system works. So say if you want to spray your garden uh, and, you know, and you, you open the tap, uh, of course, yeah, there's uh, your garden hose starts spraying water, uh, but it's of course limited by, by the diameter of, of your hose, uh, the diameter of your nozzle. Uh, and if you have leakage, of course, you know, you have, you have the flow, but you have less out, let's say, uh, uh, outcome out of, out of the nozzle. Yeah, loss of pressure indeed. So if you can reduce the loss of pressure, then of course you can have either uh, more production um, or you could uh, you know, tune down the, uh, uh, let's say the tap a bit uh, and still have the same outcome. Maybe that's a bit of a metaphor how to say you know, we're playing with the hydraulic system and we are able to tune the system depending on, on the other requirements of the machine, whether it's, you know, the boom is requiring higher flow or the arm is requiring higher flow, um, you know, or, or a swing operation, for example. Uh, yeah, you can, you can see how the system works. Understood. That's, that's a really good explanation. Thanks for that, Wilbert. So just going back to the issue of fuel consumption that you mentioned earlier, because Hitachi specifically chose to tackle this differently to other manufacturers as you said you know by looking at hydraulics rather than the engine what was the reason for this of course yeah Hitachi doesn't provide his own uh, engines as some of our competitors do and uh, of course we work very close with the uh, you know the engine manufacturers uh, that, that we have selected to provide say the best suitable machine for uh, you know for the uh, for the machine type but we don't have you know, that much influence in the development process of, of these engines. Uh, but we do have, you know, big influence in the development process of the hydraulic system because that's something, we, you know, we do, we're developing ourselves. And that's, you know, I would say basically the heart of every Hitachi machine uh, as the, you know, the hydraulics are being designed by us and, and manufactured by us. Uh, and that gives us the advantage to have, say, complete control over, you know, what's happening with the hydraulic system. So what, what's the reason that Hitachi decided to create its own hydraulic system, unlike its competitors, which tend to use a similar one from the same manufacturers? Yeah, I don't know if you were aware, but Hitachi developed the, uh, the first hydraulic excavator already in 1965, uh, the UH-03. Uh, so that means, you know, we've already been building hydraulic excavators for 55 years, actually. Uh, so you can understand, you know, Hitachi has great knowledge of, of you know, uh, the, the hydraulic systems and, and really our engineers have, have built, you know, long, um, you know, reputation or I'd say knowledge as well about, you know, the hydraulic system, where do our losses being created, you know, how can we improve the efficiency? Um, and I think... Um, yeah, that knowledge, and of course, that knowledge wasn't there at sixty-five. So that's something we have developed ourselves, uh, and and we continue continued building on that. 
And I think that has given us in the meantime over the years a, a reputation that our machines are you know, say, top-notch in, in fine precision and, and you know, precise operation. Uh, and with that in-house development, we can you know, safeguard that, um, that reputation that we have. Absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic. So some owners and operators, they're not aware of Trias. So why do you think it's been difficult to get the message right across to them? It's a good question, Andy. Um, I've, you know, I've been working for Hitachi already quite some years. So I was I was there when we introduced uh, you know, the, dash, uh, the Zaxxas Dash 5 range at that time. And uh, you know, we, we did make quite some publicity uh, at that time. You know, we also created a special video you know, to explain the technology, what's behind it, you know, what it does. Um, but it's not so easy you know, to understand say, the benefits of the system. I think during, yeah, during the course of the years, we maybe took it a bit for granted that the technology was there. And yeah, we didn't really put it on the radar at, uh, you know, um, at maybe our dealers and the sales guys and, you know, and therefore not telling our customers. And of course, it's something you know, which is under the bonnet. I mean, you you can see the pump if you open the uh, open the pump door, and you can see you know the, the the layout of the pump. But you know, it's basically if you operate the machine, you don't see it. Basically, you don't feel it. You only have the benefits of the fine precision and the controllability, etc. But um, yeah, when I was working on the test seven range introduction, yeah, you know, I was also looking. Okay, what are our what are our, you know, what does Hitachi make unique? You know, what are the strong points and, and yeah, what are our key selling points? And I think, you know, I realized that, you know, this is really a unique uh, Hitachi technology that we have. And, and yes, we have a fantastic new cabin in, in, in the Dash 7 range, you know, the operators love it. Uh, but the core is still the hydraulic system. That's really the heart of the, of the machine. Uh, so, yeah, that also gave me really the let's say the, the eager to, to tell again the story to our customers uh, to our, our sales guys our operators everybody basically uh, you know guys this is you know unique Hitachi product that we're having um, you know and, and we need to tell the world so so to say yeah so what about the ones who are aware then who've, who've listened to the story who've understood that have you got any sort of feedback from them from customers about trias any feedback from people using the new dash 7 machines yet yeah basically yes and so so people are used to to having fine precision machines and and the trias provides it absolutely um and i think it, over the years you know the generations it only has become better um and yeah, I think with the Dash Seven, you know, we've we've taken to to a next level again. I was uh, I was actually talking to uh, Magnus Hansen uh, earlier this week, and uh, of our Swedish dealer uh, Delvater. Uh, he's uh, he's you know he's my let's say so counterpart at the, the product manager at our Swedish dealer, and you know we were talking a bit about the technology and then try a system and you know the first machines in the field and and indeed what is the customer feedback and. Um, yeah, actually, he told me a great story. He said uh, we had a customer who had a 250 in a Dash 5, and uh, you know he, the machine was running you know perfectly. They've they've really helped the customer to tune the machine to his liking, and the machine was really you know the customer was you know very happy with the performance of the Dash 5 machine. Changing it to a new machine, he had actually some some doubts, and you know he was talking to the guys in the workshop, and you know, you know what do you think? You know, will the machine be just as fine as? As our yeah, as my current machine, and yeah, of course the mechanics. Were, yeah, don't worry, your machine will be just as good, 
probably better than your than your dash five. You know, but uh, anyway, the machine was prepared and delivered to the customer, and you know, uh, after some uh, first introduction, etc., the 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 operator started working with the machine, and uh, yeah, and then he called the Delvato guys and said, yeah. Sorry, guys, but you know, you told you told me the machine was you know kind of the machine was just as good as the Dash Five, but but I have to say, you know, it's it's not true. So yeah, the guy, the mechanic, was really kind of worried, like, oh, gee, really? You know, what's he said? You know, he said actually the machine is much much better than my Dash Five generation. Um, so yeah, of course, big relief for the for the mechanics at Delvater, but you know, it shows you know this. Uh, I, th- I think with the Dash Seven, we really have a great machine, and uh, that's also the feedback I got from you know, from uh, some other countries uh, where the first deliveries has taken place or the demos have been done. It's like, yeah, wow, it's, uh, you, it was. We thought it couldn't be better, but with the Dash Seven generation, you've really made a you know brought it to the next level. So uh, we, we are very happy with uh, those kind of uh, feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and it's going to be really interesting talking to Magnus for a later episode of the podcast about exactly, you know, how he's working with you and, and what you're doing over there to, to help those customers in, in certainly in the Nordic countries and beyond meet their performance needs. So looking forward to that. I just wanted to um, just go back to the operator control that you mentioned there, because, of course, the latest Axis-7 models, they've taken that operator control to a new level with the ability to fine-tune the performance on the monitor. So can you tell us a little bit more about that, please, how it works and, and what the results can be? Sure. Um, yeah, with, with indeed, with the monitor on the Dash 7, you can easily easily fine-tune um, or change the setting of the machine. You know, it's a bit like... Uh, you know, changing in your car from eco to sports mode, maybe um, things like that. Uh, because you know, if you're doing maybe some light light duty leveling work, for example, uh, yeah, your requirement is different because yeah, you don't need a boom speed. You need you know, you want to have a smooth arm flow uh, to make sure you you can do the leveling work. Uh, but if you if you're going to do some deep excavation. You, know, you need much more power to go to the boom cylinders to be able to you know, to dig out from the deep, probably uh, you know, a heavy, heavy full bucket, um, you know, and, and bring it up, bring it up to to ground level or load to, load your truck. So with the test seven, you know, the operator can prioritize very easily uh, and set you know prioritize hydraulic flow to either the boom or the arm or you know, swing things like that. Uh, so we made some presettings, but he can as well. You know, the presettings he can he can adjust to his liking. So I think this, you know, this is a big advantage to to our customers uh, that they, you know, previously, you know, they they had to work with the mechanic from the from the dealer to you know to make those adjustments, uh, but now you know the, the operator can do it himself. You know, of course within boundaries, but he can he can prioritize that uh, himself, and you know that's giving him the advantage of, of you know creating a very flexible and uh, flexible you know fertile machine. I would say. Is it quite intuitive the uh, the fine tuning control? Is it something that they can get the hang of pretty quickly? And as soon as they're sort of up and running, then they're you know effectively able to change things for whatever circumstances that that they're working in and changing to fairly quickly. Yes, yeah, I think uh, you know the operators are uh, yeah most of them are quite experienced, so they they immediately feel the response in in you know making the changes in the settings. So by doing that, you know, they can play a bit, uh, you know, less pressure or higher flow, things like that. Yeah, we are convinced that these guys are, uh, 
or able to to tune the machine uh, to their likings easily actually yeah good stuff good stuff i'm just going to go back to fuel again wilbur and uh, Mm -hmm. so what kind of fuel savings has tries to help produce for customers uh, if you look to let's say the dash six generation to the dash seven generation, um, yeah, we see that you know the customers can can save about ten percent, uh, you know, in, in fuel. Um, so just an example, if you would would use a machine and say you're using twenty liters per hour, let's say times eight hours per day, uh, I think on a yearly basis that would save you about seven thousand liters of fuel. Uh, in many countries, uh, fuel cost is, is about one euro per liter, so that's that's a saving of seven thousand. But in many countries as well, fuel prices are one twenty, one thirty per uh, euro per per liter. Uh, so that would easily add up to maybe nine, ten thousand euro on a yearly basis. You know, that would mean after let's say yeah per machine. You know, if you would count that for five years, you know, that's easily a saving of, of fifty thousand euro. Uh, and if you would compare it then to a dash five, you know that's that actually doubles because the difference between dash five and and dash seven would be a, even even you know approximately twenty percent saving. You know, then you could save hundred thousand euro in five years time. I would say you know, that's a big benefit for the customer. Yeah, that's absolutely massive, isn't it? And that brings us nicely onto the question about environmental legislation. Uh, so, can you tell us about the importance of Trias in, in terms of complying with environmental legislation? Um, I would say the main driver, of course, is yeah, is the engine on on this. Uh, but it's it's depending on you know how do you what's the workload on the engine, you know? Uh, and I think with Trias. Uh, we are able to provide you know, a solution that we can reduce the, the let's say the RPM um, of the engine, or we can reduce the load on the engine uh, because we are able to yeah to, to to reduce the hydraulic losses in the system. So the customer yeah he can work with um, lower RPM and do the same job. So yeah, for us this is very important to be able to comply with uh, you know emission regulations which are only getting more stringent uh, throughout Europe so it's, it will play a vital role for us in in, in our you know, business and, and for our customers absolutely and just again looking to the future Wilbert final question for you now what plans does Hitachi have for the further development of its trier system I'm not sure how much you can tell us because I know mm-hmm. these things all take place behind closed doors in top secret but <laughs> you know in terms of further reducing fuel consumption improving fuel efficiency meeting the need for zero emissions all that kind of stuff what's what's in the pipeline what can we expect yeah, that's. I think this is a very interesting topic, and uh, yeah, we all have had, I think, uh, lots of discussion uh, on that with our engineers, because I think yeah, Europe is, is say, the leading market in in the world for for this. You know, uh, you know from various parts in Europe, we, we're being pushed to to change to you know, electric battery driven machinery. Uh, not so easy to comply for let's say mid, mid yeah mid size actuators, twenty five ton or thirty ton. Um, you know, to provide a solution which is cost-effective, uh, but yet you know, providing that you know, maybe zero emission uh, regulations uh, or zero emission engines. Um, so indeed, the hydraulic system should work with uh, you know diesel engines or maybe even hydrogen engines or electric-driven engines. Um, so that that's one thing, and I think another challenge we will have, uh, not only us, but as well, I would say the other manufacturers, is 
you know, to connect the machine with all uh, technology which is which is out there on the job site, um, you know, which is tilt rotators, things like that, uh, machine control systems, you know, guidance and, and control systems uh, like various of the uh, suppliers in you know, in the aftermarket are, are providing should should be you know easy to connect with these systems in combination with tilt buckets or tilt rotators. Um, uh, yeah, and and you know to work with you know other other systems like safety systems, uh, you know limiting the, the the swing or limiting height and depth uh, uh, control, for example. Um, you know, so so I think the challenge is to to you know make the system flexible so it can work with all these or at least the majority of these um, suppliers from OEM because now this is mostly done by by let's say the dealers uh, to adjust the machines and to make these installations um, and I think I think that will move to 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 the OEMs to the manufacturers uh, that a lot of things already prepared uh, you know to easily connect to to those systems and it will probably require a different hydraulic system or at least you know uh, probably electric pilot controls uh, which you know gives you very you know easy access uh, or controllability and to connect those systems uh, and that will probably mean you know we will have to change our, our system as well in the future uh, so i think our challenge would be to 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 come up with electric uh, let's say pilot controls uh, but still you know how to that we ensure that our customers can enjoy you know, the fine precision, uh, you know, the Hitachi feeling that they have, that they're used to, uh, to convey that onto, let's say, the, the future generation of machines. Brilliant answer. Loads to think about there, Wilbert. Some real uh, food for thought. Thanks. Wilbert, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Thanks for bringing us up to speed about TRIAS 3 and the whole world of TRIAS, in fact, and, and hydraulics. Next episode, we're going to take a look at how Hitachi has worked directly with European dealers to tailor its hydraulic systems to meet the performance needs of customers in Europe, especially those in the Nordic countries. So look out for that one with Magnus, as Wilbert mentioned earlier. Thanks once again for being our guest today, Wilbert, and we'll hopefully see you back here again soon. OK, thanks, Andy. And hopefully talk to you soon indeed. Bye-bye. Thanks, Wilbert. Now we understand a lot more about how Trias 3 delivers the exceptional control, precision and responsiveness for which Hitachi excavators are renowned. In our next podcast, we learn more about how Hitachi has worked directly with European dealers to tailor this very system to meet the performance needs of customers in Europe, especially the Nordic countries where owner-operators typically use a versatile 20-ton excavator with a variety of attachments to complete several different activities on one project. We'll be speaking to Magnus Hansen from Swedish dealer Delvator to see how Trias has helped Hitachi stand out from the crowd, especially in the land of one of its major competitors. Look out for that one soon. Thanks for listening to OnSite today, and stay safe out there, whatever you're up to. Bye for now. <laughs>